1: Hi guys, it's the ghost. You know, I wish I had you all in front of me because I'd like to get a show of hands of who believes in reincarnation and what do we do when our young children of our world talk about the fact that they lived in another time. You know, we always say kids are innocent, they're young, they can't make stuff up. So how do they get these ideas? Do we believe in it? We're going to explore that, so keep on listening. This is what we're talking about right now, the science of reincarnation. So let's talk about some things that have happened. When Ryan Hammonds was only four years old, he begins directing imaginary movies, Shouts of Action. I mean, he's saying this in his classroom. He's into it. But the play becomes more of a concern for Ryan's parents when he begins waking up in the middle of the night screaming and clutching his chest saying that he dreamed his heart exploded when he was in Hollywood. Now his mother, Cindy, asks her doctor about these episodes. Well, they're night terrors, the doctor says. We've heard of those, common. He'll grow out of them. Well, then one night as Cindy tucked Ryan into bed, He takes her hand and he says, Mama, I think I used to be somebody else. He said he remembered a big white house and a swimming pool. It was in Hollywood, many miles from his now Oklahoma home. He said he had three sons, but that he couldn't remember their names. He began to cry, asking his mom over and over again why he couldn't remember their names. And she did not know what to do. She was in shock, really. This kid was very insistent. After that night, he kept talking about it, kept getting upset about it, and about the fact that he couldn't remember those names. So she starts researching, right, on the internet, like any parent probably would do. She even got some books from the library on Hollywood, thinking that seeing pictures, you know, real-life things might help him. She didn't tell anyone for a while about what was going on. Well, one day, as Ryan and Cindy, the mother, page through one of those Hollywood books, Ryan stops at this black and white still taken from a 1930s movie called Night After Night. Two men in the center of the picture were confronting one another. Four other men surrounded them. I mean, Cindy had no idea who these people were. But Ryan, her son, points to one of the men in the middle and says, Hey, that's George. We did a picture together. His finger then shot over to a man on the right who was wearing this overcoat and a scowl. And he says, Well, that's me. I found me. Ryan's claims, while they are rare, they are not unique among the more than 2,500 case files sitting inside the offices of Jim Tucker. He is an associate psychiatric professor of perceptual studies. So for nearly 15 years, this guy has been investigating these claims, made my children, and they're usually between the ages of two and six, and they say they've had past lives. That's young to be able to make something so intricate up, don't you think? I mean, it does seem odd, doesn't it? The children are sometimes able to provide enough detail about those lives that their stories can be traced back to an actual person, rarely famous and often entirely unknown to the family, someone who died years before. Now Tucker, one of the only scientists in the world who studies this phenomenon, says the strength of the cases he encounters varies, right? Some can be easily discounted, for instance, you know, when it becomes clear that a child's innocuous statements come within a family that's already missing a loved one. But in a number of cases like this kid, Ryan's, Tucker, his doctor says, the most logical scientific explanation for a claim is as simple as it is astounding. Somehow this child has recollections and memories from another life. And yeah, it's a giant leap to conclude that there is something beyond what we can see and touch. And we talk about that here often. Just because we can't touch it as something solid that we can grasp, does it make it less real or less possible? I mean, this evidence here, it needs to be accounted for. What is going on? When you look at these cases carefully, there's some sort of carryover of memories Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This guy actually wrote a book, "Return to Life," and in it, Tucker details some of the more compelling American cases that he's researched, and he outlines his argument that discoveries within quantum mechanics, the mind-bending science of how nature's smallest particles, behave. This can provide us clues, he says, to reincarnation's existence. Quantum physics, guys, there's something to it, right? We get to quantum physics whenever we seem to get to a lot of this confusing stuff, but it indicates that our physical world may grow out of our consciousness. So just try to get a handle on that. It's a view that's held not just by this guy. I mean, a lot of physicists feel this way. And you might think, you know, this kind of work that this guy's doing would garner big debates within the scientific community based in part on all the cases accumulated over the world by another guy that went before him. He died in 2007, but it really didn't cause much of a stir. You know, these random guys are really digging into this, but it's not really causing a stir. You think it would because it just seems like something that science would say, absolutely not. But they're not. I think they too want to get more research on this because how can someone who's four say something like this? It just seems impossible, doesn't it? But in fact, it's very common if someone is going to claim that they are a reincarnation of somebody else, a lot of times, most times, oftentimes, it happens with the children. Because as they grow into their own lives, some of these memories, they go away. So, they might forget all about it. So, if they don't tell you about it, you might not even know they ever had those thoughts. We do see that more cases are reported in countries where reincarnation is a part of the religious culture, but there's no real correlation between how strong a case is and that family's beliefs in reincarnation overall. If it is, it just is. One out of five children who report a past life say, they recall the intermission, the time between death and birth. That is really interesting. But there's no real consistent view of what's that like, even though they claim to remember it. We can't really get a picture of this place. Some allege that they were in God's house. While others claim they waited near where they died before they had to go inside their new mother. In cases where a child's story has been traced to an actual person, the median time between the death of that person and then the child's birth seems to be around 16 months. So we have that. Further research by this guy Tucker and others, actually, it's shown that the children generally have above-average IQs. They don't have any mental or emotional disorders beyond, you know, the average None appear to have been dissociating, you know, from painful situations. We do see kids that make up other worlds and things when that's going on, but not when they're specifically studying this. You know, maybe after you've had so many lives, you've kind of perfected or cleared yourself of any abnormalities that really stand out by that point. I don't know. Nearly 20% of the children studied do have little birthmarks or some kind of physical situation that closely looks like a birthmark or maybe an injury that is similar to the person who they're saying they're reincarnated from that, you know, they received at or near their own death. So it's like these physical scars or marks, you know, not mental, they seem to maybe carry over from the life that went before. Most children, like I said, these claims that they have, around six years old, they start to die off. They start to be set off to the side because now they're getting into their own life. Now, if you don't want to believe that this stuff is reincarnated people, that reincarnations don't exist, what could some other explanations be? Well, looking at this guy Tucker again, he has come up with a few. He's looked at fraud perhaps maybe a financial gain or fame. But most claims usually don't get a movie deal or anything like that. Many of the families that he met, particularly in the West, were actually reluctant to speak publicly about their child's unusual behavior. So, you know, they're not out there going, look at how strange this is. We should make a movie and I should make a lot of money. He also considered that maybe it's a childhood fantasy that these kids are just playing around but that can't explain the details that they're offering. That just defies logic altogether. Faulty memories of witnesses are likely present in many of the cases but there are dozens of instances where people made notes of what the children were saying almost from the beginning. None of the other explanations would explain some of the other patterns that they see, like intense emotional attachment that these children seem to have to these memories. They really are in there. They really believe it. Now, if a parent doesn't support what they're saying and doesn't let them talk, what they're saying will just go away. A lot of these kids suck up and keep it internal because they don't have the support of what they're trying to get out and understand. These kids are trying to understand what they know when they're only four and five years old. So then you have these parents that don't want to hear it. Kids are just going to stop talking. What do young kids do? They want to please their parents. You can shut a kid down in about, you know, two seconds if you want to. But do you want to? Or do you think it's interesting? How exactly the consciousness or at least the memories of one person could transfer to another is obviously a mystery. But some scientists believe the answers are within quantum physics. They've long known that the matter, you know, like electrons and protons, they produce events only when observed. Now, here's a better example probably than what I just said. Take a light and shine it through a screen that has two slits cut in it. Behind the screen, put a photographic plate that records the light. When the light is unobserved as it travels, the plate shows it went through both slits. But what happens when the light's observed? The plate shows the particles go through just one of the slits. The light's behavior changes. And the only difference is that it's being observed. There's plenty of debate though, on why that might happen. What it might mean. What is that? But they'll say they believe that the discovery of this shows that the physical world is affected by and even derived from the non-physical, from consciousness. It is Ryan here and I have a question
0: for you. What do you do when you win?
1: does not require our brain to exist. That's what that means. There's no reason to think that consciousness would end with it either. And if that idea ever gets proven to be true, there's a lot of things that are going to open up about that. Some say they'll be able to find that science. Some say it's just wishful thinking. But you know, this stuff that that goes around and that we wonder about, you know, is there life after death? Can we come back as somebody or something else? It scares us. We don't want to look at it. We're in the here and now. We have physical objects. It's easier to set it aside as that doesn't make sense. It can't be true. But it might. So what about my first example of Ryan, little Ryan and his mom, Cindy? Well, mom wasn't considering any of that, any of the stuff I just talked about. When her little preschool son is pointing himself out in a photo from more than 80 years ago, she wanted to know who was this guy. I mean, the book that she had didn't provide any names of the pictures. But Cindy quickly confirmed that the man Ryan said was George in the photo was indeed a George. In fact, his name was George Raft, an all-but-forgotten film star from the 30s and 40s. But still, she couldn't identify the man that Ryan said had been him. So Cindy wrote that scientist, Tucker, whom she found through her online research, and she gives him the photo. Eventually, it ends up in the hands of a film archivist who, after weeks of research, confirms the scowling man's name. And his name was Martin Martin, an uncredited extra in that film. Now, the scientist Tucker, he hadn't shared that discovery with this family when he traveled to their home a few weeks later. Instead, he laid out black and white photos of four women on the table. Three of them were random. And Tucker asks the kid, Ryan, you know, do any of these mean anything to you? Ryan studies the pictures, and he points to one, and he says, well, she looks familiar. Well, that was Martin Martin's wife. Not long afterward, Tucker and this family, they go to California to meet this family, the daughter, who'd been tracked down by researchers working with Tucker on this other documentary. Well, Tucker sits down with the woman before her meeting Ryan. She'd been reluctant to help, but then when she's talking to Tucker, she confirms a lot of the facts that Ryan had given about her dad. Ryan said he danced in New York. Martin was a Broadway dancer. Ryan said he was also an agent and that people where he worked had changed their names. Well, Martin worked for years at a well-known talent agency in Hollywood where stage names are created, and he did this after his dancing career ended. Ryan said his old address had Rock in its name. Well, Martin, 80 80 years ago Martin, he lived at 825 North Roxbury Drive in Beverly Hills, Ryan said he knew a man named Senator Five. And the daughter said she has a picture of her father with Senator Ives, Irving Ives of New York. It sounds like everything's going great, but the meeting later between Ryan and the daughter, that did not go so well. Ryan shook her hand and then he hid behind his mom for the rest of the time. And then later he told his mom that the woman's energy had changed. And Cindy said, well, you know, people change when they grow up. And he just said, I don't want to go back to Hollywood. I always want to keep this family. That's what the kids said. And the weeks that followed, Ryan spoke less of it. And like I said, Tucker said that often that happens, you know, when kids get older. But it also happens when children have the chance to meet the family of someone they've claimed to been. It sort of validates their memories, making them less intense. You know, okay, we've made sense of this. Now we don't need to worry about it anymore. Reincarnation stories are out there, they're around, and the people that believe they have been reincarnated, they really believe it. Now, after hearing what I've told you today, are you more open to the idea? Do you know any kids like this? Maybe your kid? And did they grow up and remember anything about it? Or did the memories just fade away? I'd be interested to know, and I'd be interested in your thoughts on what you think of this. Because reincarnation stories go back a long ways. And if we believe in reincarnation and that we can create the physical out of the non-physical, then wouldn't that also have something to do with life after death? And in a sense, couldn't a form of life after death be in fact reincarnation? It's just another life that you come back with. Something to think about. Thank you for being here and thank you for listening.